Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Uncertain Futures here on Sports Grid. My name is Davis Maddock. I'm joined by Michael Leone. We are back after a couple-week hiatus after the Super Bowl, and now that we are beginning to really look in earnest at uh, at NBA futures, Leone's had some time to run some numbers. Uh, the the market at the top in terms of uh, the NBA futures market has really, it's basically been unchanged though for the last month. If you, if you thought the bucks were a good bet a month ago, they're basically the same price. Now Uh, I guess the one thing is, is the, the Clippers have changed price a little bit at one point uh, at the beginning of the season, they were ahead of the Lakers, the Clippers. And now, now depending on the book, they're basically tied, but uh, Mike, very, very excited to get back to the grindstone with you. Yeah, I'm excited. And I think there's a few interesting points to talk about, like just macro looking at futures markets when you take a look at the top of the NBA list. It's always hard with NBA to find longer shot teams just because the grind of the NBA playoffs, like the skill gap matters so much more in NBA playoffs than it does with other sports playoffs. But what's really interesting to me is how underpriced Milwaukee seems for a couple of reasons. One, just our simulations that Arturo Galetti does for us over on sports grid have Milwaukee at you know, over a 50% chance to win the NBA finals. I think that's a little bit steep. Uh, you know, he's got them as really heavy favorites if they were to make the finals because they'd have yeah. home court. And I think that's maybe off a little bit, but if you think it's anywhere close to what he has, you know, they're plus 240 on DraftKings and FanDuel. I got them last week, plus 275 elsewhere. So, you know, teams in general that have had this remarkable regular season that the Bucs yeah, have are Dink, generally Dink big just favorites. posted that in our in our Slack. Basically, every team that has matched... Me, you jerk. Oh, oh, well, I mean, very classic uh, Daily Rota scenario <laughs> of Dink getting credit for something that, uh, that you actually did. But uh, basically, yeah. So, uh, but the, the general idea is every team that has been as dominant as Milwaukee, not even in terms of point differential, so, you know, nothing to even really era adjust, but just in terms of raw win-losses, Every team went to go, go went on to win the title except for the uh, the seventy two win Warrior, or the seventy three win Warriors teams that uh, you know everyone remembers three, that finals, finals. Yeah. yeah and you know so on one hand it just seems like they're underpriced based on how amazing they've been in the regular season the second reason they seem underpriced is there you have they're a little bit shorter odds than the Lakers and the Clippers but not by a ton right now. They're about plus 240, while the Lakers and Clippers are around plus 300. I think the Clippers are plus 330 on one of the books on DraftKings, whereas they're plus 300 with the Lakers on FanDuel. And I feel a little bit dirty. You know, I've got a Lakers Magic Johnson jersey on as I'm touting the Bucks here. But 
when you think it through and you look at the to win the conference odds, the Bucks are minus 170-ish to win the conference, whereas yeah. the Clippers and Lakers, because they have to go through each other, are both about plus 170. So why would their Clippers and Lakers odds be the same to win the finals as the Bucks or that close? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And that's basically saying that the Clippers and Lakers, whichever one of them made the finals would be pretty heavy favorites over Milwaukee when you run out the math. And yeah. something we've mentioned here before, we picked up from the logic of sports betting, which we're required to talk about. I think, we have, I think we're going to mention every single episode. Yeah. Uh, but how markets that should be correlated, like sometimes aren't in terms of how the sites actually price things. And so if you would just think, so if you think about that from a bookmaker's perspective, why would all of those markets not be correlated? Well, some of the correlated markets are not going to get as much action. So, you know, if you're trying to balance out, uh, if you're trying to balance out action in a certain market, or if you're just trying to make action in one market more enticing, then maybe you don't go through every single correlated market and go make things priced uh, uh, like like equivalent, essentially. So it's just, it is one of those areas where there is some room to make money if you're willing to let your money sit there for a long time. Mike, I, I'm not betting the bucks. I, I'm not, I'm not gonna, with, with, Four months left to go before Milwaukee would potentially win the NBA championship. I'm not going to be booking them at plus 250. Now, is it a good bet? I think it probably is. But, like, I would rather bet, you know, a couple women's tennis underdogs tomorrow with that money as opposed to holding that for four months. Davis, he's always trying to rack it up. I'm, I'm sitting back, lending my money, go where I think it's good a little bit more. I'm okay letting it sit there. So I did bet the Bucks, like I said, at plus 275. Still think it's a good bet at plus 240 where it is on DraftKings and FanDuel. And then another thing to talk about, which we, you know, when we did our wrap up of the NFL playoffs, the thing we focused on was, okay, maybe we didn't look close enough at where teams regular season data might be off for whatever reason for Baltimore and the Ravens. It was just that they ran so well in the regular season. Not that it was wrong, but there wasn't a lot of upside there. Whereas Kansas well, City they, was, they had played as best, as good as they were possibly going to play in the right. regular season. They were routinely scoring 50 points. They were like, they were Positive getting game scripts for, yeah, they were getting the 90th half this season. Yeah, they were getting, you know, 90th percentile outcomes in a bunch of their games, whereas, you know, the exact opposite happened with the Chiefs. They had a, a really rough regular season relative to what their preseason expectations were, you know, even losing the homes for a couple games. The backfield was shuffled up. Tyreek was hurt. Uh, Watkins got hurt. Like it just, you know, just all that stuff happened throughout the course of the regular season. We kind of think, Mike, that the reverse of that is happening with the Bucks, where their numbers might actually be even better. Giannis is playing only 30.9 minutes a game uh, compared to, you know, well, I mean, we think he might play 38 minutes a game in the playoffs probably. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be up there and it's all the starters. All the, So if you're modeling out, and this is something Arturo said for the playoffs, you know, even if you're trying to be conservative on the Bucks because, you know, maybe this regular season dominance isn't going to carry over or whatever, it's hard to be conservative because they're 50 and 8. They have this absurd regular season data and their starter minutes are only going to expand come NBA playoff time. So it's really hard to say, oh, they're Baltimore, everything ran well and they'll, they'll peel back. So another reason they might be underpriced. And the Clippers, 
you can make a similar story for. It's not the exact same one, but you know, Paul George has been out for spurts. They rested Kawhi Leonard a lot. They just haven't been. At I think you can make a. I think you can make a super. Um, I think you can just make a super honest case for saying the Lakers or the Clippers are actually probably underpriced relative to what they project to be. Uh, they have beaten the Lakers head to head. That like so like just starting from there when the two teams played together, they beat the Lakers, and then I think that you can go back and look at fully healthy Paul George two seasons ago and say. People were saying this guy was the best player in the NBA. They were saying he was an MVP candidate. And, you know, just as every week goes by, seemingly, he gets a little bit closer. His shoulders heal up a little bit more. On the converse, you could say the more games Kawhi Leonard is forced to play, the worse his knee condition is going to get. And maybe they just will never have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard fully healthy at the same time. I, I started out the season being a big Lakers truther, you know, said they were the best team in the NBA, said they should win the title. I think now the correct power rankings are Bucks, Clippers, Lakers in terms of how I would expect them to met out in the playoffs. I, I really think, though, the championship team is just so incredibly likely to be one of those three teams. Yeah, so it's really hard to bet any long shots. And similar to you, I agree, the Lakers they're the odd man out here, you know, because that the Western Conference odds, at least to go or to win the finals, you know, they just don't add up relative to Milwaukee. So one of them has to be overpriced. And if we don't think it's the Clippers, process of elimination pretty much has to be the Lakers. So that's where I'm at. I don't think there's a whole ton to talk for. As far as winning the conference, you know, the Bucks odds you know if you're gonna bet the bucks to win the conference what, you might as well bet them the, to win the title what are the rockets uh odds to win the conference because i don't i don't know if i would be super confident in them beating the bucks but i think you know it certainly is possible i think that they could beat the like if they just ran crazy hot on threes 50 on DraftKings to win the i conference. i, I kind of like that what do our turn arturo's numbers say that's bad so he has he's not on Houston like at all. Uh he has that I know his model know, really likes Capella, just like his, historically it has. His model does not like Houston. Like the team that he likes that would be a long shot to win the West, you know, ironically, would be OKC, which I don't know if that's their path. Paul, would be I mean, he's so one of the, he's hard. one of the best players to ever put the uniform on, you know? Especially in the playoffs, right? I mean, I just like there. It's it's hard for me to think of an Oklahoma City Thunder player that I would trust more. You know, down a couple points in Game Seven on the road than uh, than Chris Paul. He doesn't have anyone as really a good bet. That would just be the if you were to bet someone there. What are they plus five plus five thousand to win the West? What what odds is that? I need is that five hundred to one or fifty? Yeah, fifty to one. He had he has them more as like. Actually, no, that, that would probably be a plus EV bet because he has a 9% chance to it. I'm doing some poor math in my head right now. I'm struggling. Leave, leave the poor math to me, Michael. That's I know. What is happening right now? <laughs> I'm like, my brain's like malfunctioning a little bit. All right. So you would win on a $100 bet. You would win $5,000. Five grand, 9% of the time, which is plus 450. Are we doing and some then, Kelly calcs here on the show? And then 91% of the time, you would lose your 100 bucks. $100, yeah. 
So the expected Which, value of that is bet 90. is... Oh, so that's a pretty plus EV bet if he's anywhere close to 9%. I think 9% is way too high, but like if you think it's anywhere close... Make it, do, do it, really at, do it, let's cut it in half. Do it at 4.5% and see if it's still good. All right, so 0. 0.045 times 5,000, right? That's what you'd win on a $100 bet. That's yeah. 225. So that's already more than... So that's, than, still, a, that's our, still a plus EV bet? Yeah, because it's going to be like minus 95. Your EV is going to be you know, 130 bucks on that bet. So, so we're betting on, we're betting on, uh, this by the way, is a great way to go broke at sports betting is just to, is just <laughs> to tie your roll up in uh, super long shot bets that you have convinced yourself are like slightly plus EV. This is a, this is a big like golf over a long thing. period of time where you're just never going to see that and, money. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yes, this bet might have a positive expectation, but you would have to bet it 5,000 times to get, or yeah, no, you'd have to, you'd have to bet it. You'd have to bet it 5,000 times to actually expect to get that EV. And then law of large numbers, you might never even get it, even if you get to bet it 10,000 times. So only long shot bet we're touting then, I guess, is OKC. Or do you still like Houston at the I, I will, I will bet this, but I don't feel like I think I like Houston you much throw more just a as a little bit. bit of change, a little bit of change. Well, it's just like I, I have learned. I learned this lesson when Keith Mitchell won the Honda Classic last year at at two hundred and fifty to one. Our uh, the data golf tools that we use on DailyRoto.com had him as like a really good plus EV bet at two hundred and fifty to one, and I did not make it, and he won. And like literally that, that one moment has been very instructive to me. Of like, if you're getting sick prices on something. Like, I mean, literally just put $5 on it because you'll be, you will be so sick if it hits and you didn't have it. So I have, I have a lot of $5 futures bets sitting in my, uh, my sports betting accounts. Some of us have an absurd amount of equity in shy Gilgis Alexander basketball cards. Looking good. Looking good on that front. I bought like a $4,500 card before the season. That's already way up. It's like 8 Yeah, probably. It's uh numbered out of 10 national treasures rpa if anyone knows what that is graded as a psa 10 so pretty proud of that purchase i I just got a dm from someone asking me if i've speculated on sports cards at all and i was like you gotta just go talk to leone that's your guy the thing i've done with sports cards you really got to focus on one or two markets and know them well or else you just end up spending so much time and money on little stinky crap that's just not worth it but yeah, I guess that's it for NBA. Um, I think, again, I mean, interesting m- takeaways are the markets that should be correlated don't seem like they are. The regular season data on Milwaukee being so good and yet could still be underrating them, you know, just pushes me to them being a really good bet. And then just really no long shot bets. Don't like the Lakers are the main three. Maybe you sprinkle a little bit on OKC. Anything else before you can you know, tout your run of golf outrights? Um, I mean, do we want to take a look at any of the alternative markets, MVP, rookie of the year? I think there's like an interesting discussion to be had on if we made a mistake, not betting Zion at rookie of the year when his price plummeted. Like at one point he was like 12 to one, 10 to one, 11 to one on the FanDuel and DraftKings sports books when he was injured. And uh, it, it seems like maybe a bit of an error to have not bought those because he is wow, so good. now. It isn't like how can he beat Ja though, with just time if, if the Grizzlies? Well, I mean the Pelicans can get the eight seed. 
right? They're they're in almost direct competition with one another. I would guess whoever makes the playoffs in that final seed behind Oklahoma City, whether it be the Grizzlies or whether it be the Pelicans, the corresponding rookie will win the award depending on who makes the playoffs. So if I want to tout a bet that I did make for player futures – I have Bam Adebayo to win most improved player at plus 2,000. Freaking Brandon Ingram, though. So it's Bam is at but plus if, 300 but if, now. Ingram's plus 140. But if the Heat are the four seed and the Pelicans miss the playoffs, I feel like that's live. Yeah. Are there any other any players futures you like right now? Like regular season MVP seems Giannis got M- M- MVP no MVP is locked up what is, I mean do they do they is, is Gobert like minus 900 for DPOI no he's plus 300 uh yeah, AD that's is minus 250 no bet go bear wins every year Gobert's the every, <laughs> I mean just every year every year people talk about defensive player of the year this is actually true you go go back and listen to you know the low post or the Bill Simmons podcast or dunked on um and and listen to any of them listen to any of them and they'll they'll have you know 30 minute conversations about oh you know is Paul George defensive player of the year and then at the end of the conversation they go the Jazz literally just do not allow scoring to happen when Gobert is on the court and and he wins every year he's the best okay Philly player. Dilly is gonna absolutely kill me if we don't start talking some golf futures so. You have hit what three weeks in a row, including a couple long shots. You had Nick Taylor 150 to one, Adam Scott 33 to one, Victor Hovland 12 to one. It's a pretty good run, man. And and let us not forget, I almost hit Bryson 25 to one, and then he three putted, and uh, it was a real, it was a very tough scene because I was I was in Slack chat like already like pumping myself up for having won, and I just I did not see I did not see Patrick Reed coming. And he he really got me. It was it was a pretty tough scene, but yeah, I, I have been using um you know the Hov- Hovland obviously was pretty. I mean Hovland at Puerto Rico Open was really obvious, but uh, Adam Scott and Nick Taylor those were those were just straight from the data golf tools that we have on DailyRoto.com. Both of them were plus EV outrights, and then you know obviously after you win one, like if you win one outright at a decent price, you know deeper than fifty to one or whatever, you've paid for your golf season. You're, you're, it's not, you're not, you're not really going to go broke, like betting head to heads and stuff if you've already won an outright. So, uh, I mean, it's certainly, we have how much money and amount of bets are we going to make when we can live mobile bet from PA on our golf? It's going to be so good. The U S open in June. Yeah, It's going to be really good. I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm already preparing for it. Um, I mean, Drewby, we talked about this on the golf show, but just there are definitely a lot of opportunities for live betting as it pertains to golf because the odds do not update until um, – so the odds do not update until the hole is completed. So let's say you have a guy I'm who's trailing. I'm going to miss out on the – all right, good, continue. But let's say – and this is the example that Drewby gave, but let's say a guy is trailing by three strokes – and he's on a par five, and he hits his second shot to three feet, his odds are not going to update until he makes the eagle putt or the birdie putt or whatever. So mm-hmm. if you're sitting there watching on TV or following on ShotLink or whatever, and you see that he rolls it into this you know, tap-in eagle putt or whatever, you can make a bet on that expected value before his odds change, which is that's a pretty big edge. Yeah. I'm just envisioning me and Ricky you know, doing activities and stuff while you're glued to your phone 
trying to make these live bets. But, I mean, it's like anyone, like Drew's been places with me. Uh, like I like people in DFS who've listened to this, who've been places with me, like Peter Overzet. Like it's like it seems fun to hang out with me and like do stuff with me, but the problem is, is like are you bad I, with I, your phone. I just I can't not be, dude. Like I I gotta be. Dude, I'm stripping I'm stripping you of it when we're on the golf course, at least. Uh, well, if, as long as we're if we're playing for like a significant amount of money golfing, then I I won't be. I'll be fine. Okay. We will. Well, it also depends. So, what I have. To- yeah, I have to give Drewby kudos because a couple months ago, right when Webb, I think, won an event, he noted that his Masters odds were way long. And I got him 60 to 1 to win the Masters, 80 to 1 to win the PGA Championship, I think it is. Um, the nice. Open Championship, 80 to 1 to win the Open Championship. So he is down to 33 to 1 to win the Masters. Probably not much equity there. Uh, I just wanted to brag about getting that good number in. And do you give, love that? You love that? Dude? You, gotta, dude, when you get a number halved. Yeah, it no, feels it feels good. great. Yeah, it does. So looking at the data golf rankings, though, is there something you see there as far as guys that's, you know, obviously the web opportunity has passed. Are there opportunities out there? Uh I mean, I have um I have one bet at the masters for a future if you had to guess who do you think it is i don't know you love to bet you probably bet rory or bryson no i would not i would not bet i would not bet rory freaking two months out i did i bet bryson at uh 28 to 1 well i got it right 28 to 1 you think that's a good bet 28 to 1 well i was anticipating him winning the wgc mexico and that number coming down to like 25 or 22 so Data Golf does have him 11th and trending up in the world. And of the guys ahead of him, they all have shorter odds. So maybe it's not. I mean, that's I because. Believe, I can't believe really Patrick good. Reed has actually been playing really well. I'm so used to him being kind of like, like going into the Masters last year was sort of a fraud win. And then he came back right. down to earth. And now they have him ninth in the world, which is pretty wild to me. He's just in he's just in one of those modes where he can't miss an iron shot. And uh when you can't miss iron shots, it's generally pretty good. What about Haddon at hundred and twenty-five to one? No. Nah. I've already I've already gotten I've already gotten my Brit winning the uh Masters uh experience out of the way. What if you wanted to bet Hatton for the British Open, I would I would say so that's fine. Of people he just cracked their top twenty-five and has like the highest trend up. Um, of people within the top four, top thirty or so, it's moved up twelve spots. I would, I guess, I guess maybe I don't feel as five to one's pretty good. So, like, I think when you're making bets like that, you should think about, um, you know, relative to other markets, how good are you at predicting price shifts? And I would say the number one market that I feel confident predicting price shifts in is. XFL markets, uh, undefeated on beating closing line value in XFL markets. Uh, In terms of golf markets, I do not feel confident at all saying, oh, well, Hatton's number will be 60 then. I mean, because... It's going to be less. I'll bet you right now it's shorter than 125 to 1. If you think that, then you should bet it right now and lock it in. I'm going to do it. I'm going to bet it. Let's see. Let's see what it is on... Some of these sites are so difficult to use. Keep talking. I'm gonna find my head and bet. All right. Well, if uh, I'm gonna go over, I'm gonna go over to my book and see what price I can get on it as well. I I, I guess the they don't thing even is, have them listed on this site. That 
well that um, so that's probably a good sign i i will say this though <laughs> we we talk about Is he uh, in the masters <laughs> i he's probably well he played last year so he's probably yeah. qualified it's like an invitational though so if they're like hat and we want you to play he'll come and play so, yeah, he's but I, re- I remember that that was a thing. People were betting Cameron Champ for the Masters last year, and then he didn't even end up getting the play. I did that with Finau one year. I don't think it was the Masters. I think it was uh, one of the other ones, but it wasn't great. Tough scenes. Dude, but if you look at the data golf odds, like all the other guys around Haddon, like Kuchar is 50 to 1. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go oh, find man, him. Horschel, 175 to one. I cannot see that guy actually. Hatton. Okay, so Hatton is a Hatton is 150 to one at my book. Yeah, maybe it's just a bad bet, and I'm just like really trying hard to find something because I don't know anything about golf, and I want to be well. One of the cool kids. I mean, I think it, I think you are looking at a guy who is from like a data source that we trust. They rate him higher than the market does right now. I'm also probably underrating that there's probably like a lot of fragility once you get past a certain ranking where these guys are probably moving yeah, so like, each week. So like he's 25th now and could be 40th with one bad event like that. Sort of, well, probably not 40th, but. So but I think um, like after Webb at 33 to one, I, I don't see any big distinction between any of these guys. I think they're all equally super unlikely to win the Masters. I think the Masters winner is so incredibly likely to come from Rory, Woods, Rom, JT, Dustin, Xander, Cantlay. It, it I, I does just think, always seem like a loaded leaderboard, doesn't it? Yeah, it's just like that is an event for a lot of reasons. You know, uh, the pressure involved. It's it's a golf course that really rewards. Uh, Data Golf has found that it's, you know, it just really rewards guys who've played it a bunch because there are a bunch of elements of the course that's really tricky if you haven't played it before. You know, Hatton, uh, if we want to get super, super granular, grew up playing on like different types of grass and stuff like that. That's And we laugh as people who are really data focused and say, well, like we that do doesn't laugh. matter at all. But then that stuff, and like – when I had um, uh, Tom Hoagie on the take cast, he was like, no, it's a real thing. Guys think about it. Guys know that like grass types is a real thing, but like, like um, Dylan Fratelli who grew up in South Africa was like, well, I grew up in South Africa. And then when I was really young, I came to the States to play at the university of Texas and getting to play on all those different surfaces was really good for me. Yeah. All right. So you got to tout one person for the masters right now. You wanted I mean, to talk all futures. You Bryson, Bryson, uh, twenty-eight to one. Also, there are um, there are books that offer uh, like, "Will you win a major this year's type stuff? And dude, Rory, the, guy, at, they, at the data Price. golf, the data golf guy would be you know, like Hideki's thirty-three to one. Yeah, they, they would be like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, because Hide- like, Hideki <laughs> is like the strokes gain tee to green god. That's like what he does. So One, one of these times going to win big on Hideki. It's, I don't Man, know. Feels, feels there's unlikely. There's so many good golfers right now, though. Golf is, in they- a, golf is in a great place right now. Okay, Leone, you can get Terrell Hatton. Let me, let me find him at... Uh, at the British Open, see they know they know. Like sports books are so good. He's 150 to one for the Masters. What do you think his British Open price is? I don't know, 75 to one. 66 to one. Yeah. 
So it's just like, what it's like, what can you do with that? Like you're much better off betting the masters, I'm going to bet it with you. Or just not betting. Yeah. No. Okay. So this is a point I wanted to make. And then I, I got distracted. Um, if you are making futures wagers, I, I actually do think that as long as you are, you know, you, un, you understand Kelly and stuff, it's so much better to bet super long shots that are going to reward your money being locked up for two, three, four months or whatever. Like as long as you think, as long as you think they and are you're not plus missing EV that bets. money, if, if you lose, you're not right. missing it really. Yeah. And like, so you are not betting every day right? Like you're not, you're not logging in to like live bet, like, uh, like women's tennis Tennis. association underdogs, which I can't, it's like, it's taking over my life and it's, it's, um, it's really disruptive right now. But because that is true, you are much more likely to bet the bucks at whatever and be like, that's my sports betting, like budget. Like that's my sports betting bankroll for right now. Whereas like, I, I, I don't need it, but I like having well, more money. Well, if you're money. not a nit, you have money like that that you can just don't care about. So, well, it's true. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be, talk. I'm trying to be like my boy Nick Cock. Uh, uh, but yeah, so like, I just like to have more money on hand. So like, if I want to bet twenty outrights and seven tennis matches and stuff all in the same day, whatever I can. Yeah. All right. I guess you you can take us out of here. I don't think. Yeah. There's too much more. Nope. All right, everyone. That was the Uncertain Futures Sports Betting Show. I uh, hope that you guys enjoyed it. Of course, uh, you know if you guys have questions, uh, comments, anything you guys want us to talk about in future episodes, we would love to hear that. Uh, maybe, maybe we next week we will uh, get with the Data Golf guys and see if we can go through the golf futures markets in uh, a more data measured way yeah more a more sophisticated way as opposed to just being like Terrell Hatton 150 to one let's get it in let's do it let's do it Uh, look at that data golf ranking look at it all right everyone uh, thank you for joining us and uh, we will be back next week ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie or how to master the art of cooking either way we've got you covered with the two guys from Hollywood podcast I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.